What's up, everybody? Welcome to this episode of Broadway with Body Slams. This is episode 10, and I am covering SummerSlam 2004, an event that I really enjoyed watching uh, when it aired, and I really enjoyed watching it back all these years later. Uh, just, man, the matches on this card are, are all really good. Uh, there's a lot of people, though, that might not even hear much about this event, and it's because... Chris Benoit is uh, headlining the main event with Randy Orton. Benoit is defending his World Heavyweight Championship. And we know the sad story of Chris Benoit and the tragic events um, that led to the death of his son, his wife, and himself. And this event gets forgotten about because of Chris Benoit. And, and I think the main event, Randy Orton... And Benoit both put on a heck of a main event. And I mean, the same can be said for WrestleMania 20. It, it seems to be forgotten about because who is in that, you know, it has to do with him. And it's it, it sucks all the way around. I mean, I can understand it. You know, so everybody has their own different take. Um, but it sucks because 2003-2004 era WWE is probably my all-time favorite. I love when Benoit came over to Raw after winning the Rumble, the feud with Evolution, and I really enjoyed all of that. And um, some people can't even go back and watch Benoit matches. And you know what? If you're one of those people, that's perfectly fine. But I want to tell you, and we'll, we'll talk about it when I get there. This is a show worth checking out. Just if you don't want to check anything else out on the show, go check that main event out because it is history. This is the first time that Randy Orton ever won the big one. And uh, just, I recommend it. I recommend it. But let's go ahead and get started. This show took place August 15th, 2004 uh, at the Air Canada Center in Toronto, Ontario, Canada with 17,640 in attendance. And we start the show off with the Dudley boys. And I think I mentioned this in my bad blood, 2003 episode. This is a good way to always start the show using the Dudleys. I mean, they, they get the, the crowd started. They get them on their feet. It was a weird crowd too. Uh, I'll mention that as we go along when, when you really start to recognize how weird this crowd was, but this is a six man tag. We have Bubba Ray Dudley, Devon Dudley and Spike Dudley. And they defeated Billy Kidman, Paul London, and Rey Mysterio. This was a weird time where Spike Dudley was like the leader of the Dudley boys. Um, he controlled them basically. And, and whatever he said to do, they did. And I'm not, I don't know. I've never really cared for Spike Dudley. Um, Especially, I don't know, there, there's part of me while I was watching this that I was like, eh, maybe I do like him being a more serious character, being the boss. And then there's parts of me that was like, eh, I didn't care for it. So I'm really kind of conflicted there. But overall, the match went eight minutes and six seconds. Uh, Billy Kidman with the shooting star press, man. That I remember that move was just so incredible uh, to see at the time. And uh, even before that, back in WCW, Billy Kidman, man. Uh, I also got to say, Taz is so 
I know he's on AEW now, but Taz is so underrated as a commentator. Like listening back to him when he was with Michael Cole, you know, commentating SmackDown. Very underrated. I always liked Taz uh, in at, at commentary. Always did. So the Dudleys do get the win here. And up next, we are going to be getting Kane versus Matt Hardy in a till death do us part match where the winner will get to marry Lita. Now, I'm going to play a clip here for you where Jerry, Law Jerry Lawler and Jim Ross are basically setting the match up. And they play a clip from last Monday where Lita is telling Matt she is pregnant and the baby does not belong to him. And there, then it goes into a clip from the contract signing to set this match up. Great job, fellas. And ladies and gentlemen, for us, the most unique match in SummerSlam history, the first ever till death do us part match game. Oh, you got that right. And the unusual prenuptial contract has been signed, sealed, and delivered. And that contract states that Lita will marry the winner of tonight's match. Oh, man. And certainly, ladies and gentlemen, uh, Kane has made it clear that he wants to marry Lita. And, uh, why don't we go back and see exactly why Kane wants to marry Lita so badly? Doctor did the paternity test. She took your DNA, the baby's DNA, and it wasn't a match. The baby's not yours. It's Kane's. Now, man, it looks like I'm more man than you'll ever be. <laughs> so the contract's made it official that Matt Hardy perhaps had the final word last week on Raw. Matt Hardy, watch this shot right here and listen. That steel briefcase right between the eyes. All right, Kane defeats Matt Hardy in six minutes and eight seconds. Lita sold this match. She come out to the ring and she, you know, she, of course, is pulling for Matt Hardy. And it's so wild to see, of course, she's not really pregnant, but it's so wild to see where she's going to be heading within the next year. You know, the whole real life situation with Edge and, and Edge is about to, uh, you know, be put on a rocket. And, and sent all the way to the top of the card and become a world heavyweight champion. And uh, with her, Lita, Lita was fantastic during this time. And she really sold this match. She hung on every single move that was done, whether, you know, Kane was doing something. She just looked distraught. Matt Hardy, she's getting, you know, trying to believe that Matt can do it. And unfortunately, Matt cannot. This was just a, looking back, uh, this was a weird storyline, but I'll tell you what, watching it at the time when it was, when it was actually happening, I enjoyed every bit of it. Entertainment, uh, at its best. Very good. Very good. Uh, the wedding 
when they actually had the wedding and everything was going wrong and Trish shows up in like a, a sexy lingerie outfit teasing Lita um Trish was a great heel at this point too but that's that's a whole other show multiple shows but Kane does defeat Matt Hardy with a huge thunderous choke slam off the top rope and when that three count hits Lita is just she is she's shocked she's shook she can't believe it so I'm going to play the final part of this match for you where you can hear the finish and directly following this, we get a backstage segment where Randy Orton's being interviewed, but John Cena, a young John Cena, uh, who is trying to win the United States Championship in a best of five series with Booker T, he comes and has an interaction with Orton. And you know what? I'm not sure, but I think this might be the first time that Randy Orton and John Cena cross paths in WWE. I could be wrong there. Like it could go back earlier before evolution and stuff for, for Orton. But I want to say that this is one of the first times. So here is the finish to Kane and Matt Hardy and the Randy Orton, John Cena backstage segment. Matt Hardy's trying to hook Kane up for another DDT, I think. Oh my God. Oh, no, no. What a choke slam! Will it be it? The count! Oh, oh my God! Kane has beat Matt Hardy! Look at oh that! Oh my God! Here is your winner, Kane! JR! It's gonna, it's gonna happen! Look at Lena's face! Oh my God, I, I think reality is... Oh no, she, she can't believe it, I'm sure! But it's gonna happen in the... Lita is going to have to marry Kane. Look, Look at, at Kane. that. Look at that sick monster Kane smiling, knowing that he's going to marry Lita, and there's nothing she can do about it. Oh, this is going to be great. When do you think the wedding's going to be, JR? I don't know about the wedding. What color dress do you think she'll wear? I don't know. I don't know. She can't wear white. Oh, poor Lita. Maybe, maybe bright red. Oh, poor Lita. She is absolutely devastated. She's crushed. Give your future husband a kiss. Come on, Lita. The reality of the finality of this match is just permeating to the body <laughs> of Lita. Come to Papa. Hey, wait a minute. Sore tail. It's supposed to be here comes the bride. There goes not, not there goes the bride. What a wicked wedding with a gruesome groom and a heartbroken bride. Here comes the groom. This is gonna be great. Well, I think we are all shocked at what just happened. Kane beating Matt Hardy, and Lita has got to be upset. Now she upset. has- Upset? Todd, Todd, why would anyone be upset? Okay? Tonight is a night for celebration. SummerSlam 2004 is going to go down in history, okay? Because one of the most talented, one of the youngest, most charismatic, and best looking, WWE Superstars is going to ascend to greatness tonight. Tonight will be...
the night that the franchise opened up shop on Booker T's ass. And we doing big business right here in Toronto. Thanks for the introduction, bro. You just called me the, the youngest, the best looking, most charismatic superstar in the WWE. Hey, Randy Jr. See to it, he gets some wristbands, a visor. We're gonna get you some merch, you're gonna look nice. But I'm a fan of yours too. And I know you got fans out there. We're gonna see how many fans you got out there. Hey, yo, T-Doc, can you hear me? Do y'all like Randy Orton? So good. I I'm gonna try another one. I'm gonna try another one. Hey, yo, T Dot. Tonight is Randy Orton gonna beat Chris Benoit for the World Heavyweight Championship. <laughs> well, at least you got the people behind you. Well, Randy, I think the crowd has spoken. They don't think that. Todd, I don't care what a bunch of ass backwards. Canadians think and I sure as hell don't care what John Cena has to say quite frankly I find it rather pathetic That Cena had to interrupt my interview to get a little bit of airtime Because there is nobody there is nothing more important than Randy Orton, okay? Now tonight not only am I gonna beat Chris Benoit, but I'm gonna make history I'm gonna leave the Air Canada Center the youngest world heavyweight champion Ever. In the many years to follow, uh, John Cena, Randy Orton would become a massive rivalry. Many matches between the two, uh, two of WWE's all-time greats, uh, eventually going to get there. They're on the rise, especially Randy Orton. He's going to get there by the end of the night. But following that, John Cena gets into his match with Booker T. Now, this is a best of five series. And Cena does get the win. He beats champion, uh, United States champion Booker T in six minutes and 25 seconds. Now, this, though, was not the fit. Like, why would this match? This was match one in the best of five series. I felt like with this being SummerSlam, this should have been match five. Like, if you're going to push it to match five, make match five be SummerSlam. But it's just match one. Even though he beats Booker T, he does not leave with the United States Championship. Uh, fans were really into this. Um, I just, like I said, I think it would have meant much more if Cena walked out as the new United States Champion. All right, following that, we do get uh, Eric Bischoff and Theodore Long talking backstage about SmackDown general managers. Eric is telling Teddy, you know, I've been here for so long and so many SmackDown general managers come and go. Stephanie McMahon, Paul Heyman, uh, and here you are. You probably won't be here for long either. And they start to talk a little bit about... Uh, you know, Teddy is like, if anybody's tired of Eric Bischoff's crap on Monday Night Raw, they can come join me on SmackDown. Just a little, uh, you know, just a, just a little confrontation between the GMs on, and you know, this is another thing, you know, not, it wasn't too often that there were many events that had both Raw and SmackDown in attendance. There was, you know, Survivor Series, Royal Rumble, 
SummerSlam, WrestleMania. So you're just the big shows yeah, is when this happened. So it was always, uh, I always loved Eric as Raw GM. And I think Teddy is probably up there with the best SmackDown general manager of all time. At least he was there for the longest, I believe. But anyway, from there, we go into the Triple Threat Intercontinental Championship match. Now, this was between Edge, Batista, and Chris Jericho. Now, here we are in Canada. Who'd have thought that the fans would not be cheering Edge? They didn't. They did not want Edge to win this match. Um, Edge was the Intercontinental Champion going in. And he left with the Intercontinental Championship, defeating both Batista and Chris Jericho. I am always a fan of Triple Threats. They are my favorite, one of my favorite matches because in a one, you know, just a one-on-one -on -one match, things can kind of get slow and slow down a little bit. But in, I feel like in a Triple Threat, something is always happening. And a great solid match. I, I really can't complain. Nothing here to complain about. Really good match. They were behind Jericho, who is also Canadian. But I think everybody was pretty shocked. Even the, the commentators made or Jerry Lawler and King, or Jerry Lawler and King, Jerry the King Lawler and Jim Ross uh, making comments, you know, that the fans throughout the match are not behind Edge. But anyways, from here, we go to Eddie Guerrero versus Kurt Angle. Now, I'm going to play the clip for you. Uh, of the the events leading up to this match but we are finally getting the rematch from wrestlemania 20 with kurt angle and eddie guerrero and they put on a heck of a show at wrestlemania 20 with a great finish uh, but i will talk about the finish of this match after this clip Why? You don't know if you can beat me. 
to cheat to beat me. Make no mistake about it, Holmes. I'll do whatever it takes to win. I lie, I steal, and I cheat. Orale. Men are rewarded by morality. I'm an extraordinary human being, capable of doing extraordinary things. Maybe I can't beat you without cheating, But what if I can? So Kurt Angle finally does beat Eddie Guerrero. He gets his WrestleMania uh, victory, or he gets his he re, he gets a revenge on his WrestleMania loss. He avenges it, and Kurt Angle has Luther Reigns in his corner with him. Uh, I don't believe this lasted very long, having Luther Reigns with Kurt Angle. I could be wrong, but I don't I don't believe so. Uh, Luther Reigns is long forgotten about by this point in time. The only Reigns in WWE that will ever be remembered is Roman. Uh, but Luther Reigns, another big guy, just kind of put him in that conversation with uh, Matt Morgan. And I always forget that guy's name. Was supposed to wrestle and tag with Undertaker WrestleMania 19. I can't remember it, but anyway, he just kind of, you know, he's there with the Heidenreichs and those kind of guys. Just never really, I don't know. Uh, but Kurt Angle defeats Eddie Guerrero by submission in 13 minutes and 38 seconds. This is going based off of the WrestleMania rematch. And I thought the finish was kind of brilliant of Kurt Angle. Because if you watch the WrestleMania match between these two, Eddie was able to cheat his way to a victory by untying his boot. Angle went to put on the, you know, angle lock. And Eddie was, he slipped out of his boot, rolled Kurt up for the win. Kurt did not want that happening again. So he took Eddie's boot off in the middle of the match and then just went to work on his, on his ankle. Eddie can't slip out of a boot now. Kurt already took it off, and Eddie had no choice but to submit in this match. Uh, good match, but not nearly as good as their WrestleMania, the, the first one they had. But the boot was not a factor in this match. I liked it though. It was good. It was good tell you know storytelling and a good way to cap off their the the, the feud that Eddie and Kurt started months ago. All right, from here, we get Triple H versus Eugene. Now, some people might be like, why in the world would this be a SummerSlam match? But I want to tell you right now, Eugene... Eugene was over with the fans. And like I said, this this podcast is supposed to be from a fan's point of view. Because that's just, that's all I am as a fan. I've been a fan for a long time. But man, Eugene was a blast. And I think the, I'm going to play the clip for you of the, you know, the events leading up to this match, but Eugene getting in with evolution, Triple H being his favorite wrestler. He said, you know, the rock come back one night and the rocks expecting Eugene to say that he's his favorite wrestler, but it's triple H triple H tries. What a heel triple H tries to take advantage of a special needs man and and use him to his advantage uh, and tried to get Eugene to screw over Chris Benoit to help him win the title back 
at Vengeance, I believe it was. Well, things went sour. Eugene accidentally hits Ben or hits Triple H with the chair by accident, costing Triple H. Triple H uh, takes everything out on Eugene, bloodies him. What a heel! A, a character who is portraying somebody with special needs. Triple H is bloodying him in the ring, beating the crap out of him, and then beating up Eugene's best friend William Regal and and, and Eugene. It was just. It was really good, and and I I really enjoyed Eugene and the character, and, and a lot of people forget this about Eugene. Eugene was supposed to be Eric Bischoff's nephew. I mean, he was on in, on, on television, and Eric Bischoff, being the jerk that he is, like he sets this match up to make Eugene suffer, let Triple H, you know, take him take him to the woodshed. Uh, but this match was awesome. Uh, it had its moments, but we're going to talk about it. Um, actually, you know what? Let me take that back. I don't think the match was awesome. I think the story leading up to it was awesome. So with that being said, here's the clip of the events leading to this match. In the career of Eugene tonight. Well, since the beginning, the game has played Eugene just like a fiddle. Eugene, who's your boy standing in the middle of the ring? The Rock. And who is your favorite wrestler of all time? Triple H! Eugene, I came out here to tell you something. I am your friend. So, because of that, I want to make you an honorary member of Evolution. You're gonna bring Eugene into evolution? My God, it'll kill our gimmick, brother. Eugene's gonna help us win back the World Heavyweight Championship. That plan starts tonight. And when that's done, Eugene will have outlived his usefulness. Tug of war here with that steel chair. Oh, God! Eugene runs here out of Benoit's hands. What? And right in the face of the game. Does Eugene have any idea what he's done? Eugene has cost Triple H the World Heavyweight Championship. Triple H, I, I, I messed up last night. I made a mistake. I'm, I'm sorry. Hey, I'm not mad at you. Trust me. Oh, Triple H with a straight right hand on Eugene. How is this right? Four men against one of Eugene can defend himself. Eugene has been battered, fried, and left in a bloody heat, and damn it to hell, it's not right. Eugene, I was never your friend. You know why? Because you're an embarrassment. I tried to tell you, get out of the business. You don't belong, and you didn't listen. That's why you came back. It's Eugene! What is Eugene doing here? I thought we were never gonna see Eugene again. That's why you cost me my World Heavyweight Championship, Eugene. Did you think that I wasn't going to answer that? Huh? I sent you a message loud and clear through William Regal with a sledgehammer. Eugene is seeing his mentor, William Regal, get completely destroyed by the enraged Triple H. Triple H, you need to be for what you did. That's why at SummerSlam, I'm going to make it Triple H versus Eugene. 
to listen, Eugene? Are you listening to me now? At SummerSlam, I'm gonna make the decision for you. I'll put you out of this business myself for good. Triple H, you are my friend. Triple H obviously gets the win here. They're not going to let Eugene defeat Triple H. This is during Triple H's reign of terror over the WWE. He beat everybody that they put in front of him, except Chris Benoit. Uh, so that that is that is a bit surprising that that didn't, you know, he could never beat Benoit for the world title. But Triple H defeats Eugene in 14 minutes and six seconds, the longest match of the night, surprisingly. But this is where the crowd started trying to, I guess, hijack the show. I have, I just want to say that too, because I do plan to cover Royal Rumble. I think it's 2014 where Batista come back and won the Rumble. I have no issue with fans go, you know, you paid your ticket, go and have fun. But when you're just purposely trying to hijack the show, you're possibly ruining it for everybody else. And I can speak from experience of that Royal Rumble event because I really enjoyed myself. But my the only sour taste I have in my mouth from that whole event is how idiotic the fans acted. And wrestling fans, some wrestling fans are like no other. They're they're, they're frustrating, okay? And I don't know what was going on here at this show. But the crowd started getting weird. They were booing Eugene through this whole match and cheering Triple H. Cheering Triple H was completely unheard of in this era. He was the most hated wrestler on the roster. Um, I, I just, I don't know. They, they were, they, the crowd sucked. Okay. There were times that the crowd absolutely sucked during the show. And here in the final three matches, it really started to come out and it, it was to the point where the they even the commentators were calling out the fans about this and mentioning it. And uh, we're actually heading there really soon. So up next was Diva Dodgeball. This isn't a match. I don't consider this a match, but it was a segment shown uh, between the Raw Diva Search contestants. Now, out of these contestants, there's a few that you might recognize in wrestling Christy Hemi, who was the one who won uh, Michelle McCool and Maria Canellis is all here uh, playing for the raw diva search team. And Trish Stratus is the captain of the raw divas with Victoria jazz, uh, Stacy Keebler, Gail Kim, and this diva dodgeball from what I've heard was completely this was just, this was not planned. Like they legit played dodgeball and whoever won, won. And the Raw Diva Search ladies won uh, pretty, pretty solid. Like they, they, they handled the Raw Divas pretty well. And I heard uh, Bruce Pritchard say that the Raw Divas were ticked that they lost Diva Dodgeball 
to the, the, the diva search girls. But this was pretty entertaining. Coach was hosting. Anytime coach is involved, man, I love the coach. Uh, Jonathan Coachman, WWE, he's so he's so good, man. But this was an entertaining segment. Um, you know, Trish at the end is arguing with the refs about Gail Kim getting eliminated because the ball hits off of her sun visor. And Trish is arguing it. Well, a fight breaks out between Trish and Victoria, and they're trying to pull each other. You know, the, the Raw Divas are trying to separate the fight. It was entertaining. It was entertaining. And these women, they look fantastic. Come on. Uh, Trish is the captain. I don't know why Trish didn't. Maybe, maybe Trish was injured at this point in time. I can't really remember. But I don't know why she didn't participate in the actual dodgeball game. Uh, but we come back to the arena. And the fans are booing this segment. And I'm going to play the clip right here. King calls these fans out. He calls them out. So here's the clip. Not showing a lot of leadership there. I, I, I tell you, that's, that's an upset in my book. That's an upset, but somebody is going to have to restrain Trish Stratus and Victoria. I'll volunteer for the job. I'm sure you will. Ladies and gentlemen, tomorrow night on Raw, we're down to seven of uh, divas and the quarter million dollar diva search one will be eliminated tomorrow night king you know what jr these canadians they don't even like women i think they were just booing the women what's wrong with you people we are in bizarro land on to smackdown's main event for the night we have wwe champion jbl taking on the undertaker and this match would go 17 minutes 37 seconds and I think this is an awesome match between the two. I hate how it ends. Uh, it does end by disqualification. Nobody likes to see a good match like this end the way that it does. But JBL, you know, I mentioned earlier, Triple H at this point in time was the most hated wrestler on the roster. JBL is most likely second place. I think when JBL became WWE champion and, you know, the the undisputed WWE championship that he had at this time. A lot of people, when they see that belt, they think of Brock Lesnar or Hogan when he come back and, and won the belt for that small period of time. I always, when I see this belt, I think of JBL. I think of Lesnar too, but um, it's an underrated title. This WWE championship was underrated. This was the one right before the John Cena spinner championship came in but uh jbl was a great heel and he ends up getting the win here we're not done with these weird fans though in the middle of this match these fans and it's a good match it's a good match but the fans are in the middle of it doing the wave they're having their own it's like what's happening in the ring is a, in a, on a whole it's a whole other universe they're out there in the stands in their own world doing the the wave and and it, weird man weird but the finish not really the finish of the match after the match there was supposed there's supposed to be a spot where the undertaker choke slams JBL through the roof of his limo well, this almost got screwed up because at some point in this match, a fan, these weird fans, jumps the barricade, runs across the top of JBL's limo. 
could have screwed up this spot had he had fallen through the spot that in the top of the limo that was i guess gimmicked for the choke slam for jbl to go through so they're very lucky there they thought that he this this fan messed up the spot that was coming uh but the fan did not and undertaker did choke slam jbl through the top of the limo and that is something that if you took anything away from this match even though this wasn't part of the match, you remember Undertaker chokeslamming JBL through the top of his limo. And uh, JBL's championship reign will continue until, of course, he he will meet John Cena and uh, finally lose that title at WrestleMania 21. But, okay. It is now, uh, it is now time for the main event. And before the main event, I'm going to play another clip for you right here. JR and King on commentary mentioning these fans again. Nonetheless, ladies and gentlemen, in a couple of moments for the world heavyweight title. It's been a very unusual night, almost a, a Halloween-like atmosphere. The fans are a little hard to, to predict. I think Halloween is good, JR. I love it here in Bizarro Land. These people remind me of, well... All right. Thankfully, they didn't hijack this main event. An awesome main event that went 20 minutes and eight seconds. Randy Orton defeats Chris Benoit to become the youngest world heavyweight champion. Now, this was uh, the best match of the night, in my opinion, as it should be. It's the main event. And Randy Orton, Randy Orton comes out in these orangish kind of pinkish tint i don't know man it's a weird color but i've always loved these trunks that orton wore this night and i don't believe he ever wore them again he wore them this night and that was it and uh i always now with him doing that when you it's kind of like Shawn michaels with the iron man match he wore the white the white tights when you see the white tights, you think of Sean winning the Iron Man match at WrestleMania 12. Same with this. When I see these, these trunks on Orton, you know this is when he won his first world title at SummerSlam 2004. Really good match. I am going to play the finish of it for you where Orton hits the RKO and gets the win. I will go as far to say that the RKO is the greatest finishing move in, in wrestling history. I mean, I, I believe it is. It can be hit anywhere at any time. And yeah, you know, DDP doing the diamond cutter. Um, it was also done that way. And, and there for the longest time, the diamond cutter in WCW was treated as a killer. I mean, it, it was so long. I want to say maybe the first person to ever kick out of the diamond cutter might have been Goldberg. I could be wrong there at Halloween Havoc. Um, but if, if DDP hit that diamond cutter, you knew it was, it was over. It was, nobody was kicking out of it. He didn't have to hit multiple ones. And I love that Randy Orton's RKO is treated as a deadly move because it, it is, it can be hit anywhere. And when Orton hits Benoit with it, you see the crowd get on their feet. Cause they're like, Oh my gosh, is this it? And it is Randy Orton gets the win defeating Chris Benoit and the show would end with Randy Orton 
and Chris Benoit shaking hands. Now, Orton is still a bad guy here. He's a heel. He's a member of Evolution. And I loved the storyline. This was the beginning of Evolution starting to break apart. Uh, yeah, I mean, Batista would still be a part of him into 2005. But Orton, it's time for Orton to go on. And, and you know, I never understood why they took this belt off of Orton so quick. I didn't understand it, but you know, going and hearing the stories that Orton was just so immature at this time and he was not ready to carry the company. Uh, now you, you know, you kind of understand why they did it because they literally took the belt off him the next pay-per-view at Unforgiven. They put it right back on triple H. Um, but yeah, Orton getting the win. Benoit goes in the ring. I was a little confused by the handshake, though. Benoit yelling at Orton to be a man, be a man and shake his hand. Um, Benoit gets his rematch and eventually, you know, evolution turns on Orton. They, they turn on Orton, setting up the Orton versus evolution feud. I loved this time. I really did. And I thought this was all done well. I thought it was done well when Orton was kicked out of Evolution, and I thought it was done well when Batista uh, decided he was leaving Evolution. Evolution was just, uh, it was a period of time with, I think Evolution's one of the best stables in, in wrestling history. The storytelling with it, for sure. And it might not have lasted very long, what, 2003, four, and five, so three years. Um, good stuff, though. Good stuff. So I am going to play the finish of the match for you where Orton is the youngest world heavyweight champion. Orton is not functioning very well here either. Orton now. First the sharpshooter, and now this, and this is pure torture. The best in the business has tapped out to the Pitbull Crossface. This is how Benoit won the world title at WrestleMania. Fight it, Randy. Remember destiny. Think destiny. Benoit like a pit bulldog holding on, and, and but Orton, perspiration or a counter in any event. Orton slipped out of the crossface. He rolled through it the second time. And, oh my God, RKO, RKO out of nowhere. RKO out of nowhere. Orton's got the cover. Oh my God, oh my God. He's done it. Randy Orton has done it. Destiny Taylor. And new world heavyweight champion, Randy Orton. Look at his face. Look at your face, Taylor. You can't believe it, can you? It's happened! We have a new world heavyweight champion! With the suddenness of a lightning strike! The RKO from nowhere! Oh, this is too good to be true! Destiny! The youngest world champion in history! What a hell of a wrestling match it is! Well, I tell you what, what a heartbreaker for... There he is, ladies and gentlemen. There he is, Dan. Look at that. And what a heartbreaker for Chris Benoit. He had had such a great year.
hit one seven pay-per-view events in a row, coming back to his home country. Let's talk about the new world champion. Randy Orton has done it. He's won the world championship here tonight at SummerSlam. He is a man of destiny. Benoit had beaten everybody that he was stepped in the ring with. He had dominated Monday Night Raw. Benoit in the world title world And that does it for SummerSlam 2004. Awesome show. Like I said, I, I recommend you go back and check it out, especially that main event. Especially the main event. Now, in the weeks that would follow from this, uh, you know, setting up JBL and The Undertaker, they're not done. They're going to have a last ride match at No Mercy. Um, we're also going to, like I mentioned, Triple H and, and Randy Orton at Unforgiven. But they made Randy Orton a babyface. When at this point in time in his real life, I guess he, he was a, he was a heel. Like he was not a likable guy in the back, um, to a lot of people, but you know, Orton, of course, he, I guess you could say he, he grew up, he became, uh, a guy that could carry the company on his back. And he, and Orton has done that for, for many years, uh, He's just, man, he's, he's one of the all time, one of the all time best. And this was the night that they, they put their trust in him and, and put the world heavyweight championship on him. And I liked the call for him to beat Orton because it, or for him to beat Benoit, because it was one of those things where evolution finally got the belt back, but the wrong guy won it. You know what I mean? Evolution was all about triple H. He just used his guys to to get that belt around his waist and when that didn't happen it was thumbs down randy orton's kicked out so overall a great show though uh, the fans were a little weird as i mentioned but uh what an exciting time in wwe i love i i say it all the time and we'll say it one more time for you 2003 2004 good stuff Good stuff. So go check out this show if you haven't. Be sure to subscribe wherever you're listening to this, whether it's Google Podcasts, Spotify, Radio Public, Anchor, wherever it is. Support me here. Um, this is also where you find my video game podcast. And I'm sure if you found my wrestling podcast, you have found my video game podcast titled Save Crystal here on the Save Crystal Network. Um, Check that out. It is a podcast dedicated to my love and nostalgia for video games. And this is my, this podcast is a podcast for my love and nostalgia uh, for professional wrestling from a fan's perspective. Somebody that is watching it and enjoying it as a fan, not trying to act like I was there. I know everything. It's just things I've heard and the interesting stories. Um, you know, I never knew the story about the fan running across the top of the limo, uh, but that that's, it's interesting. It's interesting stuff. It was almost screwed up because of an imbecile, but anyway, uh, be sure to also check out my YouTube channel, save crystal gaming over there. I do walkthroughs, playthroughs. Sometimes I will do video versions of my video game podcast over there. If I'm ranking something, you can find it there. Same with my video game reviews. You can find the video versions over there 
And I recommend that you check those out because it's always good to see the review as you're listening. So thank you all so much for listening to this episode and I will see you in the next one. Summertime.